Good morning. Man, it's good to see you guys. You know, you're filling up back there when y'all start having to set the splash zone. <laughs> we'll take it. We're glad, glad, to have, glad to have y'all visiting down front for a minute. So, oh, Man, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, what, uh, man, just what truth. Uh, yeah, still just... It's funny how like you'll sing something a thousand times, and then one time you sing it, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, you know, I see the cross. He sees an empty tomb. You know, it's like, whoa, oh man, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, we are uh, studying through the Little Johns, uh, if you will. I've only got one more week that I can use that, you know, joke. So, uh, but uh, we we finished First John last week, and uh, this week we're starting the Second John. And we're going to finish Second John, so uh, that's that's pretty exciting. So uh, it's uh, it's little bitty. Uh, it's all right to be a little bitty. I could. I'm sorry. I could. I couldn't. Even, I couldn't even stop myself from it. I I want to sing it, but I'm not going to. So uh, how about we do this? If you got a Bible, get it out. If you don't, our ushers will bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them know that you need it. And if you don't own one, you can keep it. We're going to go ahead and jump into the text here today. Uh, and uh, and talk about uh, the truth. Uh, you know, this is this is. Uh, you guys have heard a lot. A lot of you have heard me talk about the truth so many times. Um, you know, and and the truth is is so important. And and I know that this statement that I'm about to say, you know, sounds so ridiculous because it's true. Uh, but. Uh, the problem with the statement is, is that so many people anchor, we just talked about the anchor there, uh, you know, they anchor themselves to things that are not true, okay? And, and the truth is, is, lots of puns here, I'm not meaning it that way, uh, uh, but the truth is, is that, that even we as believers who hold fast to the truth as in the word of God, Jesus Christ himself, um, you know, the truth is, is that uh, we at times anchor ourselves to things that are not true, that are not biblical, they are not scriptural, not from Jesus, not from the Lord. Um, and, but, I mean, just, just imagine uh, for folks that do not believe in Scripture as being truth, okay? And, and, here, and here's the truth about that. There's a, there's a lot of folks who are struggling with that right now. We have people in our church right now. They're struggling with that right now. You, you might be struggling right now with whether or not you believe in the Bible and Scripture as being the inspired Word of God. And I'm, I'm here to tell you the best I can today that it absolutely is, and it'll absolute, the Lord will absolutely change your life through it. It is, it is his love letter to us. It is, it is his way to speak to us. I was talking with somebody this week. They said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of this moment. I'm kind of just waiting for God to kind of show me and move me and speak to me uh, in a way where I have some clarity about something going on in my life. And I just, I just encouraged them. I said, look, I said, you can, you can, you know, look for burning bushes or, you know, snakes on the ground that you might think will turn into, you know, sticks if you pick them up. Good luck with that. Um, you know, what, whatever it may be, but I'm here to tell you, he is speaking to us and he's doing it all the time and he'll, he'll do it every day, all the time. If we will seek his truth, he wants to speak to us. He wants to build the relationship that we have with him. 
Uh, and, and that's why what we, what we take as truth is so important for us uh, in so many ways. Um, and so John being, uh, you know, again, let's go back a couple of things here. Uh, one of the disciples, one of the 12, one of the inner three, Jesus' beloved, okay, uh, you know, so, so such important pieces to, to be reminded of as we're reading something from him. Now, funny enough, he, <laughs> he we, so we know, we know that, because uh, this really isn't signed, it's not like John signed off on this letter with his name. Uh, we know that the same person that wrote 1 John wrote this letter. We know that 1 John was written by John, okay, the apostle. And so we know that this letter was also written by John the Apostle, and it, and it honestly, it's, 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 you know, it's, a lot of it is repetitive, a lot of the things we've already heard. Again, it's another letter uh, we believe to the church. We're going to talk through a little bit about that here in just a minute because there's a little bit of code going on, okay? So we got like, you know, secret, uh, secret spy John uh, writing this letter here. Uh, in fact, let's just go ahead and look at this in verse 1 of 2nd of, uh, of second, of, uh, second John. It says this, it says, uh, there's only one chapter, so I'm not going to talk about the chapter, okay? Uh, it says uh, this in verse 1, the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also who know the truth because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, in truth and love. Let me do this. Can I just pray? Let's pray over this for just a second. God, we just pray that you would just speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord, through the teaching of your word, God, just help us to hear from you. Help us to understand. God, I pray, Lord, that you would, would move us in ways, move our hearts uh, rearrange our hearts in ways, Lord, that only you can do through your word. God, I pray you'd be glorified in this time. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. This, um, this, this right here, this first one, the elder to the elect lady and her children. Now there's a signing off at the end of the book. We'll, we'll get there in, in a few, in a few minutes, uh, or whatever, an hour three or something. I don't know. But anyway, no. Uh, but there's, there's a signing off that's pretty much kind of the same thing. And it's like from this elect lady and all this, you know, all this kind of stuff. And like, what in the world is, is he talking about? And why is he signing this way? Why is he, why is he you know, uh, talking this way? Uh, if this is to a church, here's, here's what we've got here. You kind of got to read between the lines. The elder, uh, you know, and then there's, you know, would have been kind of a space after that, I believe. It's, it's talk, he's talking about himself there. He's saying, I'm, you know, this is from the elder, okay, but he's not naming himself. He's, he's using something here. He's using a, a word uh, that is, uh, you know, translated the same as elder, pastor, this kind of thing uh, that we see in the Greek New Testament. Uh, and, and at this point, you got to remember, there's probably not many people that are, that are rolling with a title like that. And so he is counting on that the people that are getting this letter know exactly who this is, that the church that's getting this letter knows exactly who it is. And you're like, well, how do you know it's a church? He's talking to an elect lady and her children. Children. Okay, so there are arguments that this was written specifically to a lady and her family, 
Uh, but the, the bigger argument here is you've got to look at the whole of just even the book of itself. And really, I mean, it's just, it's obvious once you start studying through this that he is, he is talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to the church. And he is speaking about her, the bride of Christ, okay, um, in such a way that if in this time period someone else picked up this note picked up this letter that, you know, nobody's, nobody's getting in trouble, you know, like it's on the way to the, to this church that's over here and nobody's going to get in trouble because they got named in it. So he's being vague. In other words, it's about the same as like when you were passing a note in class. All right. And so if the teacher picks it up, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta write those notes, kids. Let me tell you, let me give you a little piece of advice. You gotta write those notes. Where if they get read in front of the class, you can live your life and be okay with that, okay? And John here is kind of doing the same thing, only literally people are headhunting Christians at this point, okay? And so John is writing this in such a way that he, he's, he, he want, he's got some things he wants to say, which I think is important for us to look at, but he's trying to do so that in case this letter were to get uh, picked up by somebody that is hunting people uh, that are trying to follow Jesus, that it's not trackable. And so he uses his, uh, his little wordings here, uh, elder and elect lady and her children, but he's speaking to the church. And again, there's some argument, there's, there's some commentary, some commentaries that uh, will argue, you know, a little bit back and forth, but everybody pretty much lands on the understanding that this is to the church. Then it goes on, it says, whom I love in truth. Okay, so he's saying, I love you in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth because of all the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. So right there, uh, let's just go ahead and read verse 3 too. It says, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. So now, within those three verses, we have the word truth used four times. Okay, uh, now we're not even done with the word truth. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna keep using this word truth, and and really th- this passage today is I mean it it's it's hammering home the truth. What is the truth? And if you'll remember, you know one of John's big things that he was having to do was he was having to fight all these people that were speaking of a different Jesus because they knew about Jesus. It, Jesus had been there within a lot of their lifetimes, you know, thinking about that. Uh, And so John, being the guy who is like the Jesus expert, has been, you know, close to Jesus, his beloved, all of these things. Of course, he's he's like, I gotta, I gotta tell, I gotta tell everybody who Jesus really is. I've got to tell them that he's the Son of God. I've got to tell them that he came in human form. And that these these things, these amazing, unbelievable things fantastical things happened where uh, uh, there was a guy and he was God and he was man and he was both at the same time and he came and he gave his life for us that if we believe in him and trust in him that the death that he died on the cross is good enough to pay the ransom for our sin because our sin deserves death according to scripture and that we would be saved and forgiven and made new creations in Christ and that in his death, we have life because he defeated death. 
And so we're promised eternal life forever with the Lord. So there's, there's, you know, there's just, just a basic, you know, synopsis of the gospel there. But, you know, John is really wanting us to understand what is true. He was really wanting them to understand what is true. And it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple, but I'm telling you, folks, there, there's a lot of folks that, you know, if, if you, you know, got them out and asked them on the street, I saw one of those videos yesterday. You've seen these videos where they're asking, like, college-age kids how many states there are in the United States and what countries border the, you know, and, I mean, they're just, you know, I mean, they're answering, like, the crazy, you know, like, five, you know, and it's just like, what? You know, uh, you know I think if we got a whole bunch of Christians who really truly believe that they are believers and they love the Lord and all these things. We got them out on the street and we put the mic in front of their face and we said, tell us, do you believe that Jesus was fully man and fully God and that he came to earth and he came by the way of a virgin birth and he died on a cross and he physically was killed and he physically rose from the dead do you believe that? Would you do, do you do you stand behind those statements as truth? There's a lot of folks that would say, "Well, I don't know about one of those parts." Maybe Larry King uh, was asked once upon a time, you know, people that he would love to interview that he had never gotten an interview if he if he could just interview anybody dead or alive. And he said, Jesus. And then uh, someone asked him, they said, they said, what, uh, what would you ask Jesus if you interviewed him? And he said, I would ask him, did you really come by a virgin birth? And he said, why, why, why is that the question that you would ask? And he said, because that question would define history. Folks, this is, this is either true or we're wasting our time. Right? I mean, like, we get that, right? Like, you take one piece of the puzzle out. You take one piece of the puzzle out that, and, and make it not true, the whole thing falls apart. Jesus being God, Jesus coming in human form, Jesus giving his life on the cross, Jesus rising from the dead, Jesus coming by the virgin birth with Mary. I mean, all of these things, any, any of it, if we call God a liar on one thing, we're going to call him a liar for the whole thing. And he's not, because it's true. And it's amazing. It's amazing what God has done for us. I won't go back to this. It says, verse one says, the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and in love. So, John here helps us, verse 1, whom I love in truth, not only I, but all who know the truth. So he's, he's speaking of all believers who are trusting in the truth of God's word, uh, the gospel, the story of Christ. Uh, and he says, because of, the tr because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever, then he, then he gives us these things, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. 
grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. For those of us who abide in the truth, who have believed in the truth, and the truth abides in us, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. How does that sound to you today? Do you need a little grace, a little mercy, and a little peace in your life? Guess where it comes from? It comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from anything else. We all know it. You know, maybe you're still young and you're still beating your head against the wall to figure it out, but uh, for anybody with any kind of wisdom and age on them whatsoever, they can tell you that you can have all the things in the world and still never be happy with those things. You can gain all the notoriety in something and doing a thing and still not be happy in one of those things. I've got a, one, of my, one of my good friends in the, my side business world um, is not a believer, and, but we talk periodically, and he is known for being the very best at the restorations that he does on the machines that he does. He and I had this conversation a few months ago, and he said, said, Chris, you know, back before I was doing these things, I was doing, I was doing cars. He said, I really, I really some days really wonder if I made a mistake in leaving that to do this. <laughs> and I stopped him. I said, hey, I said, hey, can I just say something to you right now? I said, do you know, I said, because of the business that I have and the stuff that I sell to people like you and so many other people, I said, you realize that like all these other guys out here doing this thing want to be you. They hold themselves and their work up to you and your work. But I was reminded in that moment, it doesn't, it doesn't matter like if you get to be the man at something or the girl at something. It doesn't matter. Happiness doesn't come from that. Peace doesn't come from that. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. And it is from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Now, John gets real wordy, uh, and what I mean by that, not, not that he's like getting like super like using big words, I'm talking about like he continues to use the same words, especially in this passage that we're studying today, over and over and over again. Now, verse 4, we're going to go on here, and, and it says, you know, in this passage, uh, we have yet another example of the use of, of the word truth. It says this, says, I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. Here's, here's the interesting thing to me. Of course, you know, we don't know if, if John's writing this letter to a different church maybe than where he sent First John, you know, to begin with or whatever it may be. But, but in the back of my head, I'm like, John has already covered these bases but he felt so led to come back and get very, very pointed about these certain things that he's going to talk to us in this very little, little letter that we're studying today. 
And, and he says, you know, he starts out there and he's, of course, he, he gets to talking about love and, you know, that we should love one another. And we've, we've heard this from him, you know, it's like, okay, John, what's going on here? But he, he says in verse four, he says, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the father. Now it's, it's, you know, there's some, you know, uttering back and forth about whether or not him seeing some of the children was just that he saw some of them out doing the Lord's work and, and being Christ in the community or whatever it may be, uh, or that there was, there was a split, there was a faction, uh, and that some stayed and some have been faithful to it. And, and there is a, a lot of belief that that's kind of what he's talking about, and that that is also due to this whole, uh, and this kind of jives with what we're going to be studying through the rest of this passage here today, um, you know, that, that, he's, that he's talking about those who you know, split off because uh, they got led away by uh, false prophets teaching a false gospel. And again, he's fighting against that. That's a lot of why he's, you know, writing what he's writing. The Lord used him, and obviously we have it as Scripture. I'm so grateful for that. And it, and it goes on, it says in verse 5, it says, uh, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have heard from the beginning that we love one another. And this love that we walk according to his commandments, this is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it. So here we have another use of words. Now we, we, got, we got the word truth in there on verse 4, right? But then starting also in verse 4, we start having him using the word command or commandment. Uh, I believe he uses uh, that word a total of four times uh, within just these just these few verses, just over and over. And and you know, I think I think for us, oddly enough, we see the word command, and then what's he putting it with? What's the other word that he's that he's throwing in there now? You know, it was truth. It was truth, 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 truth. And then now it's love, 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 love. Okay. And so he's like, I'm not writing you a new commandment. I'm writing you the one that we've had since the very beginning. And what is it? That we love one another. And this is love. That we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it. Now, the word commandment, for me, kind of brings up, you know, this almost like, and especially when you're talking about something like love, it's hard for me to not... It almost kind of feel like it's the parent that's like, you're going to do this and you're going to like it. You know what I'm talking about? You know, and it's almost like, is God, is God doing that here? Is God, is this, is this God's way of being like, you're going to love people and you're going to like it, you know, eat those green beans, right? And, and so, you know, green beans are cool. Maybe Brussels sprouts, not cool. Okay. Uh, just being honest. Don't, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. You don't have to get out, but you just keep not liking it, okay? Uh, but no, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, like, I think, I think that our, the way our minds work, and we look at that, you know, it sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, why would John write it that way? Why has it got to be like that? And, and I, think, I think John is writing in a way that maybe we don't understand because we don't use the words a lot, the same sometimes as the way John is using them here. And I think we have to go back to other scripture and see John talking about some of the same things so that we have a better understanding of what's going on. Well, we already studied in 1 John chapter 3, if you will remember, this whole loving one another. 
So let's look at 1 John chapter 3, where he talks about loving one another. I want to pick up verse 11. We're going to read just a little bit of this passage here. Uh, and I think that it will be good for us, and I think it will provide some clarity for us this morning. It says this, it says, verse 11, John 3, 1 John 3, verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. There's that, okay, so I mean, there's like an exact tie. It's back to that from the very beginning thing. For this is the message that you've heard from the very beginning, that we should love one another. I mean, that's almost identical to what he's saying. It is identical to what he's saying here. Verse 12 he says, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know that he laid down his life for us, and that we ought to lay down, lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So, Really, here's what, John's, here's what John's getting at. He's like, and, and John's all about this. He's, he does this throughout all of his writing of these epistles. Is this, here's this testing of like what it looks like to be a believer. And that's what John's doing, and he's doing this continual like, what does it look like for you to be a believer? Are you loving people in your life? Are you struggling with loving people, or, or, I mean, he says, you know, if, if you're not willing to love a brother to the point, like, you wouldn't even, like, share what you've got, you know, what's he say? You know, does God abide in him? If, a, if he sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against, against him, how does God abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. In fact, you go back even, in verse 14, it said this, it said, Right there it said, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. It's that, that's the, there's the proof. He's like, here's the proof of Jesus changing your life. You're loving the brothers. You're loving one another. You're loving each other. So the question is, are you? Are you? Or, or, or does it come with, you know, does your love come with some kind of like, you know, well, I'll love them if this, fill in the blank, you know, or I mean, you know, I mean, we play these games. We already know. I don't have to, I don't have to walk you through that. Like, are we loving people or not? Are we withholding our love from others, possibly? And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's because of sin in our heart. Maybe it's because of jealousy. Maybe it's because of, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know. Oh, they get to do fun things. They look happy on social media. Oh, okay. Like that's all real all the time, you know. Everybody puts their good stuff on there. Let's, let's, let's do this. Can we commit as a church this week to putting all of our bad moments on social media this week? Can we do that? Can we do that? Just hashtag 24 church bad moments or something, you know. <laughs> Man, I'd love that. I'll be on social media all week long for that. 
Like I'm here, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on everybody's post with Michael Jackson with some popcorn, you know? Preacher told me to do it. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. This, this is John saying, don't fall into the trap, right, of, of, of talking about being something that you're not living out. Because this, this, this love, allowing God's love to come through us is the most supernatural thing that we get to be a part of while we're here on earth. It's like just getting to be a part of the process. He doesn't need us to be a part of the process. He chooses for us to be a part of the process for him to use us to love others in our lives. Like, Chris, you don't know some of these people in my life. Yeah, I do know some of them. I do. And some of them are tough, you know? Sometimes you're tough too, right? Like you know that, right? Come on, you know? It's like the easiest thing for us to do, but yet in our hearts we withhold it over like the dumbest thing sometimes. I want to go on to verse 7. And in verse 7, it says this. And there's so much that I could say about this, but we just got to keep going. Verse 7, it says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what you have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. You don't get one without the other, okay? We covered that recently, come back to it. Verse 10, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. This is some like serious talk from a guy who's known as the beloved. That's how serious this is. And, and I just got to tell you, here's, here's what I see. And, and, I, and I have been there at times, not many times, but here's what I see. I, I see John being very pastoral toward, a, toward probably what is a young church. I mean, think about it. Think about John still alive. Okay, he's writing to a church. Well, how old is that church? Well, when did the churches start? Uh, you know, pretty much when Jesus took off. So, like, we're talking about young believers. John's got a, John's got a, you know, a leap ahead of them, spiritually speaking, when it comes to his walk with the Lord, because he spent all these, all this time with Jesus, and he knows Jesus, and now he's he's trying to help other people to know Jesus like he knows Jesus best he can, uh, you know, through words and 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 sharing and teaching and all this stuff. But here he he you know he gets into you know, this like very serious, like you got to be careful and not even letting some people in your house kind of thing. Let, let's, let's talk back through this for just a second. Verse seven, for many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus in the flesh, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Now we talked about the word antichrist 
back earlier in studying through First uh, John. And one of those little moments that I had a lot of people talk to me about, which was pretty awesome, uh, you know, was that, you know, we covered the base of that, uh, that passage, I forget actually which chapter it is now out of First John, but somewhere in First John, and then this passage are the only two times in Scripture that we actually see the word Antichrist. Now, because of, and I, this is what I talked about that kind of rocked everybody's world, uh, and I think it's because a lot of people put their put their faith in Kirk Cameron. Uh, I'm just kidding, uh, but you know the you know the things like the left behind movies and books or whatever have have gotten people so jacked up on like the thought that there's going to be this one. Now Revelation helps us to know that there are going to be, you know, these individuals that, you know, are going to be used by Satan and some of that kind of stuff or whatever. But this word antichrist really technically just means anti-Jesus, okay? And, and so to understand here that John is saying that this is somebody who is anti-Jesus. Now, how, you know, here's the thing. I, I think most of us think we go, you know, well, you know, there's not that many people around us that are really anti-Jesus, especially like coming to church. People aren't really going to come to church and be anti-Jesus. Well, being anti-Jesus can also be that you're willing to deny part of the truth of who Jesus is, in which case, if there is someone that is a part of a church body that is doing that and, you know, trying to win people over to, hey, you know, Jesus didn't really come, right? Or, you know, you know, Jesus was just a good guy or, you know, Jesus, you know, really isn't the Messiah and that our salvation isn't based on him. The understanding that we have with that is, you know, that is still being anti-Christ because we have, we have a whole picture of who Jesus is in scripture. And so if we're anti the truth about Jesus according to scripture, then we're anti the truth. And if we're fighting for the truth, well, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, not a good thing, right? Now, listen, for your, and if you're sitting here and going, well, I'm not a Christian, you know, I feel like Chris is talking about me right now. I'm, I'm not. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I am, but <laughs> track with me for a minute. Not talking about people that are seeking truth talking about people who are trying to upend truth and win people over to a different, what they feel like is truth. Uh, I love, I want 24 Church to be a place where people who do not know Jesus can know that they can be here and hear the gospel, and they may hear the gospel for years and years and years before the Lord does this work in their life or whatever it may be. I, I want those people here. I want them to continue to seek truth and I want them to make that journey with us. We love you. We love that you're here. In fact, don't, we don't want you to not even feel apart. But here, John's talking about somebody different. He's talking about somebody who's a wolf that's come to the flock of sheep. And I've, we've seen a couple of those people over the years, you know. And as, and as a pastor, you know, it, it's... You know, you get a little pastoral with, you know, wanting to kind of sweep them on out or get the crook out on them or whatever and, you know, try to hook them or maybe like beat them away or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and that's okay. And that's, and that's what John's doing here is he's trying to warn, he's trying to help people see, he's like, hey, 
you know, look, you got to be careful with this. And so I really, really believe what John's talking about here is he's talking about people that, again, are, are false teachers coming into a body. He's like, look, you can't, you can't even have a false teacher just like, hey, you want to just, you know, have them into the body and have them come stay at your house and all this kind of stuff. You've got to be careful. And again, we're talking about the guy who was known as the beloved. This isn't, this, this is something that we don't see John do very often where he's just like, you know, going to step up on the box and be like, look, this just, you know, you got to be careful and this can't happen, you know, kind of thing. Verse 8, it goes on, it says, watch yourselves. It's, it's a warning, right? It says, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. He's talking about the rewards that, that Christians will receive when they get to heaven. It says, verse 9, everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. So he's saying anybody that's going on without, you know, Jesus, I mean, you think about it. Think, think about uh, for folks that are trying to figure out what's it look like to be saved. We'll just go, we'll just go that route, okay? Like, what's it look like for them to be saved? Well, if it's not in Christ, if they don't believe in the gospel of Jesus being the way, what do they generally do? They go to works, right? Well, I mean, again, if Scripture, if we believe in, in the Bible as Scripture to be truth, well, Scripture speaks against works all over the place. In other words, we can't earn it. It was a gift given to us. And, and honestly... I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I made the joke last week. You know, if, if I, you know, if it had been about works, gosh, I'd be, you know, I'll be, you know, the one that would be standing there and they'd be like, well, we can't let you in. You just, you almost got it, but you just didn't quite make it. You know? It's not based on us and what we can do. It's based on Jesus and what he's done. It says, watch yourself so that you may not lose, verse 8, watch yourself so you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Folks, it is 100% every day of the week through Jesus. If you want to get to God, it's through Jesus. It says, I mean, he just says it right there, you know? Everyone who goes on ahead does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching, talking about the teaching of Jesus, has both the Father and the Son. You don't get one without the other. Verse 10, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him. This is where I get to why I think it's, you know, a teaching thing, okay? If he does not bring this teaching, do not receive him in your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. So it's, a, it's a warning. It's like, don't fall into this trap. Be careful. Watch yourselves. And we, and you know, again, it's like, you know, I'm sure for somebody that maybe doesn't know the Lord and hasn't believed in Christ, you know, you could see that and go, man, that's really harsh. But I mean, like, <laughs> Everywhere else, like literally, Paul is writing yet another letter to make sure that people are loving one another, okay? So you got to take the both and, okay? He's like, you got to be careful over here, but love, love each other, right? 
love each other. I want to read. Um, I want to read an excerpt for you that I, I just man it just spoke to me. Danny Aiken wrote this. Uh, it's in his commentary. I hope it's okay to share this with you. He says this. It says, day in and day out, we must be on our guard and resist destructive persons and philosophies that deny the truth about Jesus and that would take from us our full reward. Such spiritual destroyers will deny the complete truthfulness and sufficiency of the Bible. They will deny the person and work of Jesus Christ, his full deity and or perfect humanity. His work of atonement on the cross as the perfect sacrifice and satisfaction for our sin. They will deny his sinless life, virgin birth, bodily resurrection, and future return in glory. They will deny that salvation is a free gift received by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. I'm going to say that again. They will deny that salvation is a free gift received by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. And they will deny Jesus as the Lord and Savior of mankind. Knowing these things, we must recognize the deceptive and resist the destructive. Truth is so important for us. Truth is so important for us. I mean, we have to have a foundation of truth. If we don't have a foundation of truth, forget it. Let's go do something else. We've got better things to do with our time and our money if this isn't true. But if this is true, if this is true, if Scripture is true, if Jesus came, fully God, fully man, gave his life for us, his offering us a way to have life and forgiveness this is worth dying for. This is worth giving our lives for. This is the greatest thing we've got. I want to read the last two verses here. It says this, verse 12. It says, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. That's how I felt all the way through COVID, right? I, but I, you know what? The truth is, I really felt that way during COVID. I really felt like that. It's like I just, I just wanted us to be together, right? There's something so special about us getting to worship together. And in verse 13, he goes on, the children of your elect sister greet you. So it's, hey, and the church that I'm here with also says hello. You're not alone. And so the question is this, do you believe the truth? Has it changed your life? Do you love it? Do you love truth? Do you love God's truth? John 13, 34 says this. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. This is Jesus, by the way. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Why did John come back and write this little letter? I mean, obviously, I think the Lord led him to it. He uses the word truth five times. He uses the word love four times. The word command 
four times, the word walk three times, and the word teaching three times. I think he's trying to send us a message. He's given us some commands that we love each other, that we watch out, watch out for false teachers, that we reject false teachers, that we love the truth of Christ's teaching, that we believe in the truth, that we know Jesus, that we love his truth. Folks, let me tell you something. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants you to know him and have a relationship with him where you are closer to him than any one even given person on the face of the earth. I know that that is hard to understand and comprehend sometimes for us, but the truth is, is that's what he desires because he loves us and he cares for us and he has literally given us his truth that we might know him be changed by him, be used by him, that we might go out and be light for him, sharing his truth, sharing his love. Let's pray together today. God, I thank you for your word, and God, I just thank you for, Lord, how it cuts to the core of just who we are and who you are and reminding us of who you are and your love for us, and your care for us. And, and God, it, it's so simple for us to hear the message of loving one another, loving you, and loving your truth. God, Jesus is truth. And today we're reminded of that, as they were reminded as they read this, that Jesus is truth. And God, he's given us his truth. And he's given us a way and he's given us a life. And Father, I pray for anybody that's here right now listening, God, that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior. God, I pray, Lord, today that you would give them life, that you would give them a new life, that you would give them forgiveness, that you would set them free from sin, from this world, and all the things. Lord, we come to you. Lord, we need your truth. God, help us to build our lives on it. I thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray this. Amen. If you would like to talk about what it means to know Jesus as your Savior, I will be in the foyer while we will be taking the Lord's Supper today and would love to pray with you and talk with you about knowing Christ as your Savior.